What's up and welcome back to anybody and everybody. I'm your host term and what's going on everybody. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. I sometimes just need these mental health weeks. They're fantastic. You know, with everything that's been going on and yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to step away from the microphone and have some time to yourself. I am sure that you all understand, but nonetheless, we are coming back with an unreal episode today. We got Sully on the show. Most of you know him as one of the co-hosts of the Low to High podcast, but uh, I see him more as a buddy, as a pal at this point. He's a really good friend, and uh, we talk to each other all the time now, so uh, I've really gotten close with him. He's an absolute beauty. You guys are going to love him. This, this interview, is a, it's a hoot, so you're going to want to listen to the whole thing, and uh, yeah, so I'm sorry for the uh, little bit of uh, delay here. Uh, what do we miss? Two weeks in a row. Ugh, that's tough. It's tough, but you know what? I'm happy to be back, and uh, we're going to get this thing going, so without further ado, here we are, Sully. Sully, Sullivan, Sully, Sully, Sully. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Herm? Uh, I'm hanging in there. You know, it's a it's a big day for lacrosse. Uh, I actually just got off a call with the people that are featured in episode 24 of Anybody and Everybody, which uh, was the PLL merger, MLL merger, uh, phone radio type show type thing. Um, it was really interesting, cool to get on the phone with a lot of people. But uh, yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's a, it's snowing here, which makes me incredibly happy. And I just am excited to talk to you, man. It's been too long. It's been so long, Herm. It's been since last Saturday. And I got to tell you, that's just too long. I know. I've just been going back and listening to our podcast episode from last week over and over again, just so I could reminisce. It was, uh, it was a hoot. So um, I, guess, I guess that's a good way to get into this, man. Um, you had me on your show, the Low to High podcast, plug it a little bit. Uh, last week, we had an excellent conversation, one that I think is worth going and listening to. And uh, yeah, what what else would what else do you uh, do with Low to High? I mean, you, you host the show. Do you do you run the social accounts and everything? Anne and I kind of co-run the social accounts. She's definitely in charge of them. I will. I I am. Uh, I but when she's traveling or whatever, like the other day, I put out our I put out our little episode blurb because she was in the car driving. So I can do some of the stuff, and I'll reach out to guests using it because. It gives us a little more credibility to use that than my personal account. But um, she's definitely better with the social media, but I definitely try to have some fun with it. I'm allowed to tweet from it for sure, which is enjoyable. Has I she like ever had to put a restriction on it? Like you need to stop tweeting solely? No restrictions, but I did tweet something really stupid. Like not nothing, uh, nothing that would get us in trouble, but it was just uh, a little scrappy album cover. And it just said, what y'all know about that little scrappy? And it got zero interaction, so I deleted it. But um, really, though, what do y'all know about that little scrappy? Yeah, Pretty terrible little... rapper. Are you big into rap? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm big into it. I, I used to be in high school, obviously. I listened to a lot of rap. But now I listen to podcasts. I'm a podcast connoisseur. Yeah, me too. I, I Well, actually, I take, I'm not a podcast connoisseur at all. I listen to two podcasts in particular, mostly. Um, that's Dax Shepard, um, his armchair expert show, which I have a man crush on him. But then my other man crush in this world is a man dude guy by the name of Eric Anders Lang, who is a who's a golf podcast. And um, they kind of look similar. Uh, I definitely have a type 
to say the least. And that I, I listen to those religiously. Everything else is kind of like, if, if I get the chance, I, I don't personally listen to any lacrosse podcasts. Um, I listen to high, low to high, obviously like every week, but um, yeah, that's, that's where my uh, podcasting kind of, I, I listen to three or four, but I'm not as much of a connoisseur, I guess, as some. Yeah, I guess I, it wouldn't be fair to call myself a connoisseur, I suppose, because I don't listen to every single kind of podcast. You know, like people who say they enjoy stuff, they usually try like all the different varieties of them. But for me, it's mostly uh, either stupid entertainment that's just kind of mindless. Like, uh, like Wash Media is funny. They mm-hmm. at one point were affiliated with like the whole TSM brand, Total Frat Move, but they were the uh, graduated crowds version of TFM and um, but then when that Grand X kind of shut down everything they moved on to their own company and they have some good sports they have a good sports podcast and they have some good just generic nonsense podcasts that I really enjoy Um, and those are good for just if I got to drive somewhere and I don't want to think about anything then I listen to Bill Burr obviously a hilarious comedian and uh, one of my favorite yeah, one of my favorite, actually might be my favorite comedian of all time. Somebody I really look up to as far as podcasting because he just gets on there and has a good time. So that's mostly what I listen to. But then I also sprinkle in whenever Dan Carlin drops a history episode, of course. You got to listen to Hardcore History. It's just too good. Yeah, you, you have to. It's uh, I, I have listened to Hardcore History. Fantastic stuff. I um I, I must say though um I'm not big into like the storytelling podcasts um no, they don't no, no. they don't really capture my um, enjoyment levels I guess to a certain extent um but I've recently gotten big into like um this short podcast like uh, maybe five minutes or less just like recapping like uh, news and sports and shit that happened like on the day before it's called a there's there's two there's um one that's uh what's it called i forget but it pops up on my spotify and then the other one's called the daily which i really like by the new york times they do a good job with that one uh it keeps me up to date with my political knowledges which is uh crucial in my life um but yeah, yeah man, we all uh, know you're political Heron. i'm incredible i'm incredibly time. political would you agree with that yeah yes i would you're you uh support terrorism as i saw earlier on twitter holy but. shit dude don't even get me started on that like, <laughs> i knew that was gonna get you going that <laughs> doesn't get me going it's just like if you're gonna like fucking try and chirp me sorry for the language like at least make a good argument right like yeah say something about how like well first of all let's be real if you were a conservative person in the year 2020 and you hate Barack Obama but you love Donald Trump you're not actually a conservative person because Barack Obama actually put in place more conservative policies to our government than Donald Trump has ever even considered like it's such horse shit that people actually think that he's a conservative human being Oh yeah okay, I got it's, a little uh... fired up right there Sorry. Yeah, I knew you. I knew. I knew. I knew. I was gonna get you a little fired up, but no, I just saw that. It was funny. It made me laugh because it was just like, man, this guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that really dude sucks. sucks. I want him to come on the podcast so bad. I would do anything. I know. Open invite, hey, Last Wars. You're, you've got an open invite. He, um, he's like the only person who has an open invite, I guess. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Hey, actually, else, no, I guess everybody that. technically has an open invite. They, there's a link. Uh, survey monkey if they want to if they want to come on the show 
well, I didn't have to go through those channels because I am a podcasting celebrity. Yeah, a podcasting celebrity solely over here was able to just shoot yeah. me a DM. I mean, anybody could really just shoot me a DM, though. So yeah, I guess you're, you are special, much. though. Now, before we got going with the show, though, we obviously – well, there's three things I'm going to bring up right here. One, when we first started talking about doing the episode, we – said they were both lacrosse people or whatever but we want to talk about something other than lacrosse which i love um that's like my favorite message to get so we're going to talk about some history today but uh two we now have a better relationship because i came on your podcast and i feel incredibly comfortable with you which is awesome and last but not least we just got a huge thing come across the airwaves and lacrosse community with the merger between the pll and mll um I'm, I'm now that I've said the word merger about 78,000 times today, I'm thinking of it less as a merger and more of a like buyout almost um, because the, the MLL really isn't getting anything out of this. They're losing their name and, you know, teams and And teams. Yeah. I don't even know what's going to happen from the sponsorship perspective. So it's all over the place. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I was going to ask you because, I mean, you obviously work for Signature. You guys have some sponsored players and whatnot who are going to You would think I had all now. the answers. I have literally none. It's so annoying. Yeah. Well, I just wanted uh, some wild speculation that could potentially cost you your job. That's all I wanted, Herm. You can't well, provide me that? <laughs> if, if you want some things that will cost me my job, we'll talk off off of the podcast of course okay (laughs) (laughs) no no actually i really don't have any wild takes that would cost me my job uh the only thing and then now that it's out on lacrosse store i guess i can say it is like the boston cannons owner obviously owned the whole league the whole mll um yeah the big stakeholder he has a ton of money so obviously they take the cannons name um but but that was really my only take. My my initial reaction was just like, dude, I can't believe all these people are going to lose their jobs. Like, oh there, yeah, there's so many players and front office people and coaches and just people who do so much behind the scenes that really like are 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 going to be affected by this. And it breaks my freaking heart, dude. Because, I mean, I've I've said it since the beginning, since the PLL and MLL first kind of did their things, that the more lacrosse players we have making money it's a good thing that's what we want right we want people making money by Mm -hmm. buying the sport and so the fact that now there's five teams which is about 125 dudes that are potentially going to lose a job that's tough man that that's that's a tough pill to swallow yeah and that's what made me sad about it too and also i just was i had so many questions initially too like what is what is a team like denver going to do because they have you know they're affiliated with the broncos like does the broncos now sell that franchise and all their facilities to a new pll team or what goes on there i don't know it's all it's all really interesting to me and I, i'm intrigued by it and i can't wait to see what comes out about it but at the same time you and i had that same agreement that it, it, it was better for lacrosse by a lot to have more teams and more talent playing and more just more guys getting paid to play the sport and then also more people being able to say oh I work for you know major league lacrosse because that is a good thing for our sport to for people to know that it's legit and there's jobs to be had in the sport and things like that so it's it cuts down a lot of those jobs and things like that which is really upsetting to see but at the same time I don't you know I'm not really sure what's going to happen going forward and I am interested to find out 
Right, because in an ideal world, every person that works in the MLL in some capacity is able to get a job with the PLL, but we all know that that's not possible. I mean, you still have to pay people, right? Like people need to be making fair wages and be able to support their lives. And if you bring on another entire staff, you might just not have the funds for that. And, and that's tough. But I do know this, and it's the fact that there's a lot of incredibly talented, smart, and educated people that work for both leagues. And either way, they will be able to find success in the future. Um, that, that I know for certain, but, um, it, it's interesting, man. I mean, like I, I personally, and this is total transparency. When I walked away from the MLL bubble, I thought it was going to be the other way around. Um, yeah, you told me so much like about a week ago. <laughs> I know, I know yeah. things, things, I guess, I don't personally know what happened. Um, I'm sure I'll find out in the next 36 hours or so. But um, it's interesting. I really thought it was going to go the other way around. I'm fine with this, of course. Um, but but it's it's interesting. And I think one of the most interesting things for me is like last week we see a guy like Tyler Steinhardt leave the PLL. And Tyler is one of like the smartest people I've ever met in my life. He was the head of media for them. Like did does so much for the PLL. And he le- he leaves the PLL out of nowhere almost um, after like basically taking the the lacrosse network and the PLL to the levels that they're at now. So I was like, Oh shoot, this might be like the beginning of the end, right? Like this could be like, this could be the, like the first sign that the PLL is going to have to fold or something along those lines. But I guess that wasn't, that wasn't what was happening. And uh, now we're here we have the PLL and the NLL, the two major professional lacrosse leagues in lacrosse or in the country or in the nation or in the continent that's the word i was looking for continent there we go yeah no i mean it is crazy and now the talent pool is larger to pull from but also it will be cut down significantly and so it's just interesting because it might improve the level of play but not not at first probably they're still gonna have to learn each other and stuff like that um some of these guys though did play together in the mll and then were taken to the pll but we'll see i mean it's just gonna be Interesting moving forward to see, but yeah, I mean, we talked about that last week um, with the uh, the media guy leaving, and but I, I also was confused because I, I just didn't know who was going to be the one that needed the other one first, but I figured it was coming, especially with COVID hitting them at such a weird time, and you and I talked about it, like the PLL is only two years old, you know, like COVID hit them at a very weird time, it's just strange, I don't know, I guess they must have sold the hell out of Black Friday merch, man. Must have been it. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know what it is, but you know, I, I I am happy to. I think, and this this makes me incredibly excited. I'm obviously pretty active on like lacrosse Twitter and shit, and I'm I'm excited to see a lot more people be happy, right? Like I don't. I'm so so tired of the damn debate, like PLL, ML, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Like if that's no longer debate, then let's debate about something that's actually important in this world and move forward from there. So if we can if we can do that, I will be I will be thrilled, ecstatic. Um, we can have actual, real, genuine conversations about like actually important things that pertain to lacrosse. Definitely, yeah. It no longer has to be just, hey, which of these two good leagues is better? And if you pick the one that I don't like, you're an absolute idiot. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's crazy. I tweeted something funny a few minutes ago, and um, it was like. Well, all the people that hated me for having MLL connections stop hating me now. 
because we're, we're supposed to be unified as one but it's like I mean, I can't tell you how many people were like stopped watching my content as soon as I stopped doing PLL stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, people who really supported the MLL wouldn't watch TLN now that it's rebooted under the PLL umbrella. So, like, oh yeah, I did you know, see we'll see. I still we'll love see. PLN. I really hope that they can like pick it up and make it like one of the like. Oh yeah, and I love Dave, like man. Colin and Samir. I mean, yeah, is I PLN predominantly just digs this show each week now? I think so. I, well, it's the weekly watch, and then RJ does stuff. But I don't know if he is still TLN or if he is, uh, if he's like PLL. I think he can do both, kind of. RJ is yeah, I think TLN, so. though. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. So it's it's still him. But yeah, what Colin and Samir started was awesome, and I used to watch it all the time yeah, all the way through too. high school. Yeah. So, but um, anyways, I guess that covers lacrosse. Other than please go and listen to the low to high podcast. If you are a lacrosse player listening, we talked to anybody and everybody. Oh, Ooh, look at that. That. yeah. We talked to anybody and everybody in the sport of lacrosse. Uh, literally find me another podcast. Who's talking to women's professional goalies, women's NAIA players and Nick Ocello. I mean, really find me another, another podcast doing this kind of widespread of reaching out to people. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 1,000%. You guys are very open to anybody and everybody. And uh, I, I genuinely couldn't find you a podcast that does all that because everyone's got to stick up their ass and needs the biggest guest they can find at any given moment. Um, but I think, I think that, that, is, that is true. Let's, let's pivot. You know, I've talked enough about lacrosse today. Um, yeah. Now, now this, is, this is where I wanted to start our conversation. I want to understand you a, bit of, a little bit further, right? You're a kid who's in North Carolina – with a big beard, uh, you like to drink beer, and you also have great opinions on things. How would you describe yourself? I mean, I personally see you as a beauty, um, someone with an open mind, someone who's incredibly intelligent, but how does how does Sully look at himself in the mirror every day? Aaron, you're giving me goosebumps, man. Now I'm going to look at myself and not think, wow, what a big idiot. No, uh, so everything about that was pretty correct, I'd like to assume, um, other than I don't like beer too much. I, if I drink, it's usually like a mixed drink of some kind, vodka, something, or because uh, I do enjoy Tito's, but Is I also right? really like tequila. I really tequila. like tequila. I do yeah, like I tequila do really as like well. That. Yeah, a good, a good smooth tequila is a nice shot as long as it's uh, cold. I don't like warm alcohol, and I don't understand people who do. But um, moving on from my substance uses occasionally, which is very rare. I don't drink too much. Um, I'm pretty red because as a kid, uh, I actually had severe eye problems. I had a thing called amblyopia. um, And it is where one of your eyes is just ridiculously weak, one or both. And in my case, it was one and it was my left eye. And it was 20... 480, which if anybody knows anything about eyes, you want 2020 vision, not 2480. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds and so, yeah, that was found when I was four. And as a result, I had to wear a patch over the eye that was 2020. Well, actually, it's more like 2025. But um, I had to wear a patch over my right eye in order to make my left eye strong enough to actually have any kind of life. So it's kind of interesting that um, I was, I'm able to play this 
this sport that made us have a connection, which is lacrosse, which is one of the most hand-eye coordination sports you can have. And it's due to the fact that I spent as much time as I did as a kid reading and playing Game Boy and stuff like that under doctor's orders in order to get my hand-eye coordination up. Is but, that right? Um, Holy shit. So you're basically blind in one eye. Oh, yeah. I mean, now it's down to 2025 uncorrected and 2020 corrected. Like, if I'm wearing my contacts, it's it's pretty clear I can see. But um, it's not – I mean, it, it'll never be perfect. And, like, it, it's – I had to explain this to my fiancé the other day because the man that I owe my sight to has saved me and hundreds of kids from, you know, like, I wouldn't have even been allowed to drive if uh, if he hadn't worked with me from the time I was five till – 13. Well, you've been considered legally blind. I was, yeah, I was legally blind. Is that right? Holy shit, man. Yep. What was what was that experience like? Did you ever face stigma in school or anything while you like learned how to Oh, yeah, it? man. Oh, yeah. I got uh Did you get bullied? Absolutely brutal, brutally bullied for a long time because I had a patch over one eye. So like kids would throw things at me from the right side cuz I couldn't see anything out of my right side because my entire right eye was covered in a patch. Um you know, lots of pirate jokes, uh, all sorts of stuff. So it really led me to being the kid who sat at the end of the table with a book that was, you know, thicker than like a teacher's leg <laughs> and had like a size six font. And it was all about the German war effort. And I just read it cover to cover because I had no one who wanted to talk to me. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was kind of weird, but at the same time, I wouldn't really trade it because, I am able to make friends. It was never an issue. It was just the fact that kids weren't mature enough to understand, like, hey, this kid is actually trying here. Like, we should probably not give him hell and throw things at him when he can't see us. Jeez. And I would walk into tables and walls because I just wouldn't see them. Because imagine cutting off half of your vision and not being able to see anything past your nose. And then the eye that you are able to see out of is incredibly blurry. Like, you can only see shapes. Kids are such fucking assholes. I swear. I'm sorry. Yeah, man, it was weird. I'm sorry you were bullied, Sully. I- I'll be your friend. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Aaron. We are friends. <laughs> we we are friends. Um, wow. Actually, this this opens up a ton of I thought for me though. So I spent a year or semester of my college career as a psychology major because I thought that I would be good at that. I wasn't uh, educationally, but I'm very curious about people. Would you say then though that the kind of bullying that you undertook and kind of internalized as a kid affects you day to day now. I know personally, so a story, I've always, I've always struggled with my weight, right? I've always been kind of chubbier. I've never been one to be like slender, except for that brief period in college and high school when I was in incredible shape. Sorry if you guys hear it in the background, my dog is crying. Um, but I've always, I've always viewed myself and this took a lot of, research and stuff but it it, I never realized even from a young young age that I've always been trying to put myself on diets even at the age of like eight and nine and so I know that those early early years still affect me day to day now in the way that I view myself would you say then that kind of viewing yourself at that young age wearing a patch and getting bullied has like affects you now is it something that you think about consciously pretty often yeah, uh, both subconsciously and not consciously, but it definitely does affect me because I am weirdly social and antisocial both at the same time. Um, 
I want to be around my friends for about two and a half hours. And then it's literally like I have some kind of internal clock. After that, I just would like my alone time again because I was used to it as all growing up. Um, and then there was like no boys on my street growing up. Like it was all girls my sister's age. There was no boys for me to hang out with. And so since my parents didn't really like us to use too much TV or anything like that, I just read. And uh, learning became like a way for me to feel better. And as a result, I'm pretty well read and I learned a lot about a lot of different things. Like I could tell you how an airplane flies with enough of a degree of accuracy that somebody would be like, did you study that? And I'd be like, not really. I mean, just on my own because it interests me. And um, so I, I pretty, pretty much self-taught myself most things. And, uh, and as a result, like I just was a, a loner, but also wanted friends, like desperately wanted friends. And so I still see that in myself today. Like I really want friends, but at the same time, a lot of people just rub me the wrong way because it's like they they don't they're just not most people aren't very nice Herm. you know no, they're not at all people are so mean right like yeah i'm all about spreading love and kindness and passion and like even the meanest of people like and we were just talking about black spose or whatever like even the meanest of people i can't like be mean to them and if i am mean to you you had to really really fuck with me like you really had to get under my skin to like a special kind of level but i actually i'm gonna hop back really quick you you say that you're social but you're also also anti-social is that how you described it yeah yeah no i i understand that because i'm the same way right like i host this podcast where i talk to people all the time i'm incredibly social that way but then there's like this time period probably between like 7 to 10 p.m where i don't want to see anybody like i just want to be by myself (laughs) that's me man yeah it's it's like I'll, i'll read a book for like five hours and not even know that the world's happening. Like I, I, it's hard to describe to people because I do have like this charismatic personality where I'm able to make friends and be able to communicate with people very easily. It's one of the like skills that I often talk about, like, and like, I guess I'm not like interviewing for jobs, but if I was, that would be like the skill that I present to them. But yeah, it like, I I also really, really admire my time that I get to be alone and enjoy it and really just like, you know, sit back and not not have to communicate. But but that 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 stigma, I guess it's not a stigma, this kind of idea of being social but antisocial is something like, well, how is that possible? Most people are like, that's not that's not a thing. But but it one thousand percent is. I can be the I can be the star in the room or I can be the guy in the corner who doesn't say a word. I can do both. And I have done both. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I have never, I've, I don't think I've met someone who's that also feels the same way. Yeah. And it's uh, because of like my trying to be liked, I usually can't be the person that sits in the corner and doesn't say anything. I run my mouth a lot. Um, but usually the things that I say, man, like they're meant in love and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not, I try very hard not to be a mean person and uh, not to be controversial in any way and stuff like that. And just to be like, yeah, I understand and hear you. But I think mostly um, the thing that really like I remember from being, or that like I still feel from being a kid is I can't turn my brain off. And uh, you know, like I, at night when I try to go to sleep, the other night I was laying in bed and for whatever reason I was doing like a physics thing in my head for whatever reason I couldn't 
I couldn't stop thinking, how could you completely fill a waterbed all the way with, or, or how could you completely fill an air mattress all the way with water? Because there would always be a small amount of air left trapped in there. How could you do this? You, you would have to stand it up, but then it would balloon out on the side. So then you'd have to build some form of structure around it. And it kept me awake until about three in the morning. And well, it was you, something that I created in my own head for no have reason. Have you ever been diagnosed with like ADHD or? Oh yeah, any- hmm. definitely. I always, I, w- I was always taking pens apart and putting them back together and taking pencil sharpeners apart, putting them back together. Anything I could take apart and put back together, I did, which is why I love engines and cars and things like that as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds but, like you just yeah. like to know how shit works, like oh, everything do. in the world everything in the world literally politics all the way to a pen like how my headphones work intrigues me everything like that intrigues me and I think it's because as a kid I had nothing else it wasn't like I had friends to talk to like the kids all hated me because I was big loud in their opinion stupid and blind but uh and so like (laughs) I really didn't have anything to do but learn about shit that interested me Mm-hmm. And as a result, I still cannot stop learning about stuff. Like, uh, like I worked until last week, and we're going to talk about this, at Raleigh Orthopedic. And all day long, when I wasn't checking people in and out as a healthcare screener, I, uh, I would just read about different parts of history that I didn't fully understand. And then if I read a term I didn't know, I went down that rabbit hole and stuff like that. And it, um, that's just how I pass my time because – I, I didn't have anything else to do. And it's interesting because I was always terrible at school. So people really assume I'm stupid. Like they really do think I'm stupid because I play that card pretty well uh, mm-hmm. because it was just a defense to be able to be like, well, I'm dumb, whatever, keep moving because kids would be horrible to me. And I'd just be like, yep, I'm an idiot. That's why. Look at this 5% I got on the math test and tell me I'm smart. You know, so like, but then I could also tell you pretty much anything you want to know like it's gotten to the point where if my fiance doesn't know something or even her whole family pretty much they just look at me and I explain it to them mm-hmm. and they're like oh okay you're I'm you're a wealth just like a, you're a wealth of useless knowledge and I don't yes, mean I that am. I don't mean that in a bad way at all because I'm the same exact way right I graduated yeah. college with a 2.79 GPA I hated going to class but I could oh, tell you everything that you need to know about the most random event that's happened in history or some kind of crazy ass fact about the Mayan ruins. And the only place I've found that this helps me though is at trivial pursuit. So quintessentially, if I could just play trivial pursuit as a career, I'd be great. I'd be fantastic. But, but you can't, you have to learn useful skills, of course. So it's like, I, I, I can totally relate to that. But when then did you kind of, lose the eye patch and did you well first of all did it bring on a ton of confidence but second of all like did, were you able to kind of move forward push away from the so, and stuff along those lines yeah so the thing about me is i am me like and i'm also unbelievably honest uh, i tell people things i probably shouldn't tell them all the time um mm-hmm. it's to a fault like anyone in my life who's known me for longer than 20 minutes will tell you like this is not good he's brutally too honest and it's not even like I'll be mean honest I'm very nice when I tell people things but um I'm honest about 
struggles that I'm having and things like that. Because to me, if somebody came to me with things like that, I wouldn't mock them or anything like that. I wouldn't use it to my advantage because I'm too nice to do that. I would just want to help them through. Um, and so I'm really honest and, uh, and I am who I am. And that's a big thing with me. So unapologetically. Yeah, unapologetically. I don't think it really changed my confidence level losing the patch, but it was like 12, I think, is when I got it taken off. And um, and I was still, you know, so right now I'm 6'6", and I'm like 300 pounds. I should be closer to 250, but hey, it's a pandemic, so. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, but um, I, uh, so I was always a big kid, and I'm loud definitely when I want to be, but even when I don't want to be, I'm still loud. Um, so people like assumed I would be very unathletic cause I was big. But then once I got the patch off, like I started actually playing sports very well. Like I played basketball, football, lacrosse. I ran track. I did a whole bunch of different sports. And, uh, and that was really where I finally was able to start to fit in, but I never really became friends with people on my teams. Um, other than a few, like, who really understood who I was as a person, and they took the time to get to know me. Uh, and as a result, I made some good friends, but most of the people just viewed me as a guy on the team. Like, and so it was still kind of hard for me to make friends, um, but I definitely, I, I grew, like, six inches between seventh and eighth grade. It was ridiculous. And as a result, like my body just stretched out and all of that weight started to fit me differently. Mm-hmm. And right when I was starting to come into my own, like as a good football and lacrosse player, my freshman year of high school, we moved to Indiana. And, uh, and so it just completely reset everything about me. And um, the, the people, they don't really like you if you're not from there. It was very small town mind. And, uh, and so it just kind of, it was a complete failure for me. My sister got to go in as a freshman uh, and, and kind of become friends with all these people as they became friends with each other because they didn't know each other yet because it was high school, you know, you're getting there for the first time. Right. And I went in as a sophomore and they already all had their friend groups. And, you know, I didn't get playing time on the football team because although I was 6'5 and had really good hands, the coach was like, yeah, there's seniors who play. You don't play, so you're a senior. So everybody assumed I was still very unathletic. And it was just a weird, like, everywhere I've gone pretty much in my life, it's just kind of been as an outsider. And, right, uh, it's a tough dynamic to fit into. I mean, it's Yeah, and I hate not saying it out loud because it makes me seem like I'm a whiny bitch. <laughs> like, I'm really not. I just am able to recognize this, and I'm okay with it because it's made me a better person because I, I am fiercely loyal to those who do take the time to recognize that I am a good person and well, and like a smart person, well-read, I can weigh in on things and think critically and stuff like that. So I'm fiercely loyal to those people and I will do anything for them. If there's one thing I knew about you from the jump was that you are a truly genuine dude. Um, That's the pump your tires a little bit here. And, but it's also one of the things that I admire about you. I think oftentimes I personally put out a personality that people will gravitate to because it's funny comedic it's not always my true self meanwhile i can't be unapologetically myself i think it sometimes comes out actually on the podcast it definitely comes out but on twitter and shit like that it's tough uh where you kind of 
don't face that. You are yourself 1000% unapologetically and you don't give a fuck. And that's kind of like, I read a book a few years ago called like stop giving a fuck or something along those lines. And it was just like, who cares? Who cares about like what anybody thinks about you? What, who cares about anything that you do this, that, or the other thing. And that was one of the most helpful things I've ever like, uh, you know, whatever, uh, read in my life but i mean fast forward to today right john sullivan doesn't only have friends but john sullivan's playing men's league lacrosse john sullivan's engaged to be married and you are college graduate like these are all things that people can't you know freaking take away from you so you took these negative things in your life right you wore an eye patch for half of your life to this point and you really struggle with the bully thing and you know you you stuck to yourself but you took all of those tough, tough bumps in the road and equated it into this now very much, you know, happy further along life that you're living. And that's the shit that I love to hear. Um, that's the stuff that makes me admire you as a human. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, like you said, I just don't, I, I overall people think it's a lack of caring about stuff and it's not, it's just like, well, shit happens. That's pretty much how I view everything because I have moved a lot. I've lost friends, both like who have lost their lives and also just I've lost friends because I've lost touch with them and stuff. And so I've kind of just been a traveler my whole life. And as a result, I just am able to let go of stuff. And I realized that my best shot is just to be myself. And if people do like me, they come together with me. And it's a small number of them that do end up liking me usually. But the people that don't, I just have no use for. So, you know, yeah. sorry. That's how you have to look and, at it. Now, uh, there, there yeah. is a group of people who don't particularly like you right now, and it's your former employer. Um, yeah. This is something that I need to talk about because it actually, well, if you're cool with getting into politics, I'm cool with getting yeah. into politics. This, this is a, last week you get fired from your job. And in my opinion, and um, this can be the very different opinion for other people for probably the most bullshit reason I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah. And so your, your check, I'll let you tell the story actually, but fact of the matter is um, we we're living in the time of a global pandemic, right? If everybody, you know, just was like, use some common sense, like the slightest amount of common sense and just was like, Hey, I'll just wear a mask. It's really not that difficult. It's actually incredibly easy to protect other people and other lives. Um, this, this wouldn't be an issue, right? Be, but be, because so many people are so fucking selfish and greedy in this country at the moment, like we we're it's a political thing to wear a mask, which is complete BS to me, but, but Sully, I'll let you tell your story and then I'll, we, we can talk about it. Yeah, man. So, Basically, I got hired in uh, early October as a healthcare screener. So I haven't even been doing it that long, um, but it's a new position. Uh, if you come into the doctor's office, you have to be screened. They have to, we have to make sure you're wearing a mask, you know, take your temperature, ask you a couple questions about COVID, um, just to make sure you're not bringing this global pandemic into our office. Uh, so I worked for an orthopedic office where um, if you don't know what that means, it's like if you get injured playing a sport or if you have a lifelong injury and you need physical therapy and a doctor to look at it and an MRI and surgery, like you come to us because we do it all there. Um, and so basically there was a lot of kids who had broken an arm or were hurt playing a sport. And then there was a large majority of elderly people, not too many middle-aged 
uh, like college age up to like probably 60. It was uh, just a gray area. Everybody else pretty much was old. And so um, all the elderly people coming in, uh, just for whatever reason, about 50% of them were very angry, very mean, and wanted not to wear a mask and wanted to tell us we were wrong and stupid. And so um, the previous week, last week I got fired. Uh, and then the week before that, I had an incident where a man came in and yelled at us, no, I'm not answering your questions. He had a mask on, but I, we have to ask him the questions. So I made him come back and answer the questions. He got really mad at me and he made a fist at me and he yelled at me that if I wasn't so fucking stupid, I'd have a better job and all sorts of things. So I complained to my boss about that. And I guess I shouldn't have because then this week on Friday or not this week, but the past week on Friday, uh, an elderly man came in and, um, I went to take his temperature and ask him the questions. I took his temperature. I started the questions. And he started to walk away. And I was like, sir, please come back here. I got to finish my questions. And he kind of came back. And he listened to one more and they started to walk away again. And I was like, no, come, sir, come on, come back here. You, like, just do this. It takes a couple seconds. And, uh, and so he finally came back and he listened to all my questions. And then he turns around and he goes, welcome to socialism, everyone. This is what it is. This is what it is. You're a communist, aren't you? You're going to be a communist one day. You're a communist, aren't you? And he kept poking at me, saying, you're a communist. And so to make him go away, I just said, yep, I'm a communist. Have a good appointment, comrade. And, uh, and I was fired for that. Yeah, that, that's some bullshit, dude. I mean, first of all, why, why is it more appropriate for him to make these allegations? I mean, I guess I, I understand the old saying, the customer's always right. But yeah. why, why is it more appropriate for him to come at you and call you a communist, socialism, whatever the bullshit the Republicans spew these days, and you aren't allowed to be like, I mean, it wasn't even offensive. You were just like, yeah, I'm a communist. You got me. Like, are, are you not allowed to be a communist? I mean, technically, yeah. anybody, anybody could be a communist, whether they admit to it or not. That works. They're like, like before all of this stuff happened, you could be like, yeah, I identify as a communist. Like, does that get you fired from your job? Why? That's what I was wondering. Like, what is all of this about? Because I even said to them, like, you know, I'm not a communist, right? I was like, <laughs> I don't really subscribe to any one true political party. I, I think the two party systems are ridiculous waste of time, but I, I think I agree. that, uh, you know, are you I, an I independent policy. I believe I am. I don't know. I think you have to register Democrat or Republican in the state of North Carolina. I don't know, though. Um, I don't remember. But uh, I, I think I am an independent because I just I don't. The two party system is ridiculous. George Washington warned us about it. He warned us about getting into other nations affairs. And here we are. Yeah, I digress. Yep. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I like I subscribe to no one politi political system. I'm not a communist. <laughs> think communism is not the answer uh it's a great theory but it's not the answer and i don't know how i was able to be fired over this other than within your first like four months working somewhere you can be fired for anything so i think they were just taking advantage of that and getting rid of a potential problem but the thing is i took my job very seriously and the reason i took it very seriously is because i thought i was doing it right to protect them and also myself and also the patients who do adhere to the rules and care. And I mean, my mom has cancer 
she goes to these appointments uh, all by herself because my dad's not allowed in because it's a hospital where a lot of cancer patients are and they don't know what everybody's doing at home. So she goes to six nurses stations a day and answers the question six times and gets six different masks and six different sets of gloves. And she's able to do it just fine when she can barely even hold a conversation with me because of how sick she feels after her chemo. So I had no sympathy for, you know, a 75 year old man with a, with a hurt knee who just doesn't think that this is a real thing. And, uh, and so like I was a bit more abrasive probably than I should have been, but at the same time I was taking my job seriously and they didn't really give us any training or anything. They just kind of put us out there with the thermometer and said, ask these questions and you have to ask them the questions. And if they don't listen, come get one of us. And so I did. And then they cited those two incidences and fired me. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I I have two things. One dude, um, that's heavy um, with your mom. That's tough. That's uh, obviously like, I'm sure you're going through hell, but two, it's important that people take jobs like you were doing seriously, dude. You see this thing literally breaking out and spreading each and every day. Like it's growing at a rapid rate faster than we've ever seen it before. And yet people are like less cautious about it than ever. Like just wear a damn mask. It's not that difficult. Um, I think that you have to take it seriously. My mom's a medical professional who kicks people out of her center every day because they won't wear masks or they think it's bullshit or whatever the hell their argument are these days. And most of the time, this is what's funny about it. It's a surgical center. And like the people who pull up, they do like a drive through uh, test before you get your surgery two days three days whatever yeah. before and the people who are like abrasive against it half the time come back covid positive like it's it's the <laughs> most just befuddling it's almost thing. like there's uh there's an equation there Herm. i mean i don't know i'm not a i'm not a math guy i'm not a math like, guy at all but those numbers <laughs> add up <laughs> they do where there's smoke there's fire i'm no fireman right. but i know what smoke smells like and i can see it I know. I, I just, I, this is the thing for me. We, we talk about the two party system. I don't understand how you can politicize a global pandemic. It's not like this is an America thing. It's not like only in America do people get COVID. Like the whole world was affected by this. And the fact yeah. that other countries can be back to normal by now and we are literally worse than ever is just bullshit. We're supposed to be like the greatest country on the face of the earth or whatever. The, like rednecks spew to us now like if if we can't even keep ourselves in order what are we 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 are a big old pile of muck yeah and i mean that was you know i mean and the interesting thing was um people would come in and they would choose to say something to me on their way out the door like they would stop because they don't have to see you again yeah, they would argue with the validity on the way out the door. And it was like, dude, I'm literally just doing my job. Like, I, I, am, I am following the rules that the Center for Disease Control have laid out. I listen to scientists. My fiance is a microbiologist from UNC. She's pretty smart. She knows what she's talking about. And she has told me these things. And I myself am smart. And I have read them. And I believe in science. And what scientists say is what I'm going to do. So I am doing what I am supposed to be doing and you are getting mad at me for that. So it didn't make any sense to me. And then also, I don't know. I mean, it certainly backfired politicizing the pandemic. It 100% backfired. If you would take a look at the results of the electoral college, I mean, it's, 
it's it's backfired and there's no denying that um because if donald trump had handled the pandemic at all professionally or presidentially uh he probably would have won because there was a large majority of people who were just kind of like leaning one way or the other but watched how he handled the pandemic and were like yeah we got to get somebody in there who actually listens to scientists and um yeah so i mean i don't know it's uh it is truly a bizarre time we live in. And I think actually social media has really played a huge role in this. And I truly, you know, I'm not one of those people that thinks the press buys all the time or anything like that. I mean, I don't think WRAL here in Raleigh is trying to trick us into thinking that the road is slipperier than it is tonight. Like, I don't think that, but I certainly think that, um, news stations are complicit like the larger news corporations are complicit in the fractured nation of our country by showing 30 seconds of video only and not the minute and a half long video or you know saying one thing in a very specific way and i I mean like there's no i don't even think there's a rule around it but the thing that reporters do is report the news they shouldn't report it with a full spin on it Right. And yeah. And it's just, it's crazy because there's no fact checking or anything like that. Or if you do fact check something, people, the same people who told us not to believe everything you read on the internet are like, well, this article I read says this. And it's like, well, where'd you read that? I read it from uh, OAN. Well, now, I mean, (laughs) OAN isn't exactly very credible, is it? Are they, you know, the AP News has been around for, 100 plus years and they're reporting something completely different oan came up like two two days ago and what are we doing believing them so i mean i just don't understand why well-respected and factually based uh people are just absolutely discredited now and part of it is because of a, a disillusionment campaign run by our president and I mean, whatever you want to think about him, I just, I I think he was very hurtful to the American people at a time when we were already going to be fragile. Um, And he he took advantage of that. He took advantage of the fragility of the Americans. And I mean, he knows what he's doing. Like he's, he's he's the dumbest smart person you'll ever meet in your life. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I've said that many times. I said he picked the wrong career, man. If he was a comedian, Imagine him roasting people on stage like that. That would be hilarious. I think he would be a great comedian, but look at him now. Like I, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy, man. And you know, I, I, I just, sometimes it just befuddles me, right? Like I sit back at night and I'm just like, how do people actually believe this? And the, the thing is, it's not, it's not just the Republican party. It's both sides. And, and so like everything that you take in is being turned in one direction or the other it's just a matter of what degree it's being turned right so like so like i got to work on the hill for a little bit and when i was doing that it's like that's when you actually know what's happening like that's when you get to see like the truth behind like the fact that both republicans and democrats stuff bills with bullshit in them so that they can go and tell their constituents that they're getting stuff done for them and they're getting money and it's direct and they get their vote that's all that it matters for most people in Congress and Senate. All they want are votes from their uh, constituents back at home. Constituents. They like, just want to stay in that position where they get the gifts and they get the free meals and they do all this stuff and get paid for it. And they don't really have to work as hard as they say they do. 
And I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, I haven't, I didn't work on the hill, and as a result of you know being a loner and wanting to know how everything works, I know how government works, and I know that most of them are bought and paid for. Like about ninety nine percent of government is bought and paid for. It's oh, not yeah. really. It's only the people who are like on the city council of Mebbin. They want to make Mebbin a better place. Right, but, right. It comes you know, down to like, your small community vote. Like, if if yeah. you're not voting in your local elections, then there's no really use in voting because that that's who actually affects your day to day life and have your your best interests in mind. The other, be, yeah, it's all money. I mean, like, it's all about getting donors. It's all about making money. It's that's all it ever will be. And I mean, that's kind of the hole we've dug ourselves. That was that was set up to be, and now they've completely exploited it, and it's just getting worse and worse. And honestly, at this point, yeah. politics is just a fucking like sitcom. It really is. It's almost a parody. It, it's like I I don't even know how shows can parody stuff. Like it's crazy because it is a parody of itself, and it's a mockery. And I, I people actually do ask me because they're like, "Oh, you're a history major, all right." So, are we going to go the way of the Roman Empire? Or no. Is this really like Nazi Germany? Stuff like that. And I'm like, no. The thing is, there will be an America. I think it will change politically. I don't know how, whether it be violent or not, but um, it will change politically. It's slowly changing, but uh, it's not like, it's just, the thing is, too many people are comfortable to want to do anything a lot of people talk tough on social media about we got our guns and we're gonna come riot and well where are you you know i mean they're just comfortable they don't want to go and do that like they're happy enough and it's uh it's just like we're not going to go the way of the roman empire although our currency isn't is a, is a concern to have um much like theirs was but mm-hmm. it's just there's lots of uh there's lots of nuances that people don't really take into consideration and they just listen to the loudest voice and shouldn't do that. You should do your own research, but that's asking a lot of people. Especially because if you actually do your own research, you recognize that it's like actually like really dense documents that you have to read. And it's not just like two sentences you could read at the beginning of a tweet or the end of a tweet. And it's complicated. How do you feel about term limits then? On, uh, Term limits, um, I would be in favor of. I would also be in favor of an age limit because mm-hmm. somebody born in 1940 should not be at the highest position of government in 2020. Yeah, That's no. just unbelievable. You should be walking into Raleigh Orthopedic on a walker in 2020 is what you should be doing if you were born in the 40s, okay? Right. No, like, it, like, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling that when you look at the picture of the Senate from this year, last year, it's like if you look at the Republican side, 97% white dudes built born before the year of like 1950. And then the Democratic side have a pretty good amount of diversity. But like, what the hell are we doing just still voting for the old white man? He obviously is not doing very good. It, like we've moved minimally in the right direction in the last four years. Like go vote for someone who actually cares about your community. Damn it. Yeah, it is. And that's the thing that bothers me. Too many people get wrapped up. It's almost like cheering for your favorite sports team at this point. And that's what bothers me so much about it, because it is ridiculous to think that those people want better lives for us. They don't even know who we are. And imagine yourself being elevated to the position of power. And like you would want to take care of the people, you know, 
and that's about it. Yeah. And that's what they do. Like you, you know, it's like, well, what, what do I care about Idaho for? I mean, I'm here in DC. Everybody I know is here in DC and we're doing good. What do I care about Idaho? Like I'd rather keep this money for me. And it's, it's pretty ridiculous when you think about it, but um, it, it's just a, it's the two party system was a ridiculous mistake. And there's plenty of things that need to be remedied about the way that our country runs. And um, I don't know. I mean, I just think that there should be a lot more younger people in politics because, but then we also all feel as a collective whole. Now, obviously this election is different, but for the most part, we're like, well, what does voting actually do for us? Most people feel like that. And, and there's a problem there. And I, I think it probably has been in some form of design for a while now. Like, they don't want an informed population. They don't want a population that can uh, turn around and be like, well, hold on a minute. You're not actually doing anything you said you were doing. And like you said, they do, they do slip uh, all sorts of things into bills and, and things that they're trying to get passed. Like, it can say on the surface, it can be the clean water for puppies bill. But then underneath it says that we're going to give American Airlines $700 billion because they asked for it. Right. And people are like, well, you struck down the good clean water for puppies bill. And it's like, well, I did that because of the 700 billion they were trying to give American Airlines. Yeah. They're scared of knowledge. Imagine, imagine if the American population, like imagine if more of the population had knowledge of like what was actually happening. Like it would, people would vote so much differently. People would actually vote probably. It's nuts. But like, no, I totally agree with the term. Now, now let's, you were referencing though, people asking you, what is this like Nazi Germany? Is this like the Roman empire? What time period would you place us in right now in history? Cause I have one. Hmm. Here, let me spark your brain a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. You I go would, first. Let me think. I would personally place us right in the year 1962, which is about five years away from really like a big ultra movement happening in the kind of liberal progressive agenda. But also, we are having a ton of fight back between race and a war and all of these types of things because i I mean i think we're bound to have be entered into another war in the next year at the rate that we're going with um you know orange guy and his nuclear button that he wants to send towards iran right now um yeah i mean that's a good that's a good year uh i don't honestly i don't really know i think see the thing is there's different points in history all being combined because there's like a pandemic which was the 1918 to 1920. Right. And then there's civil rights being at the forefront, which is something that we recognize as having happened in the 60s. Um, and then, I don't know, I mean, there's, it's not fascism, but there is a charismatic leader who is trying to convince people that there are enemies that are out there that are coming for them. And, it's succeeding in some ways and it's and luckily we have the voting system and we were able to as a country say enough of us cared not to have him here um but i I don't know if i could nail it down to a specific time honestly because it's it's just a lot going on at once that's not happened together at once right 
Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I haven't thought about it that way. I mean, I feel like I was searching for a time period where we were at the most civil unrest almost, where it's like people were fighting back for the first time. People were speaking their mind. People were fighting for a voice. And I mean, we're still fighting for the same damn things. Though. Like, like racism still exists. Women's inequality still exists. It's, it's like all this bullshit. It's like you, you would think people would just like, understand that like we are moving forward and like everybody deserves to have equal rights like it shouldn't be that complicated right but this is the same thing like people were saying in the 1960s like it shouldn't be this complicated and yet here we are in 2020 60 years later yeah and i mean the thought that we'll cure racism is just not possible unless we lean all the way into like the very tumblr side of social justice and that would be you know completely sterile environments which is it's almost like it's it's kind of circled around to where a lot of the things i read now are people asking basically for segregation and it's uh (laughs) it's just like now how did we circle all the way back to here where are you reading this man like people are i read that there's uh there's been like three separate um, attempts in different states one of them I know is in Georgia to create like all black communities like they've bought land and they're going to make it a black town and like I have no problem with that but it's just it, it's like how did we circle all the way to here I don't yeah. where did where did uh, you know where did we get this complete disconnect because I know there's there's always going to be racism like People are always going to be racist and everyone is racist to an extent. Like I, I don't believe that there's a single person who's not racist. That's impossible. There are people out there who you have some prejudices, but you're a very open individual. But then there are people who are like, yeah, that dude's a racist. Did you see all the Nazi tattoos? Yeah. He's definitely a racist, you know? So those are the people who we need to really go after, but not, I mean, you're never going to completely get rid of racism, in my opinion. And uh, it would be foolish to assume that you can. But That's um, quite the spicy take. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I like, sure, equal opportunities and stuff like that. But, like, it, it, even going so far as to, like, make a joke, you know, like, that's considered racism. And that will never stop. Because there are stereotypes that are real. And there are, like, you know, like, white people don't use spices that that is legit i've eaten at a couple of my friends parents houses and it's like man did y'all do anything to this other than just kind of like blow on it and say there we go now there's some spice like that's a legitimate one you know there are there's things like that that i think people will always hold with them but um you know i mean we can get we can take care of the big things like people not getting a job because of their race that is something that i think can eventually one day be solved through understanding. Well, here, I'm, I'll say this. I, I do believe that you can end racism. I, I do believe it's possible. I think it's a lot of work, and I think it's work that's worth, willing to, worth, worth working on or putting the effort into. What I don't think you can get rid of is classism, and that's what we're really fighting from the top here, right? People there's going to always be a struggle for power. People are always searching for power. People are searching for this, this higher level in their life that they can take themselves to. And if they are able to point in a direction, whether no matter the color of your skin, no matter what, they can look down upon you. 
that's what they're looking to do. And they're going to try and use the lesser person, whether they're white, black, brown, purple, you know, you name it, however you identify, the person above you in this classism experiment or kind of culture that we live in, that's that's who they're going to pick on next, right? And that's kind of what we're battling. We're going to always be battling that because people are always going to be searching for power. But I think we can get rid of racism. I think so. I hope so. I mean, I'm... I, Me too, I man. I, I fucking... I'm so fucking tired of it. I think that it's such bullshit that we still have to deal with this in 2020. Like, I'll, I'll fight for it till the day I die. Yeah, man. I mean, I... I I just, that's the thing about me, man, because I am so, you know, what you see is what you get. Here I am. Like, if you like me, great. If you don't, you don't. I don't dislike people based on preconceived notions. I just don't. I've met people before where I thought I wasn't going to like them and I ended up really liking them. Did you and think I've you weren't going to like where, me? No, I thought I was going to like you. I figured I would. And, and told me enough about you where I was like, I think Herm's going to be a good guy. And guess what? He is, folks. He is, folks. Um, but yeah, I just think that uh, it's just like, I'm not going to dislike you based on anything until you do something to me. If you do something to me or you have a wildly, like, I guess, racist or something like that opinion, then I, I you and I aren't going to be friends. Like, I'm not going to call you to hang out. But if we can discuss something and come to a mutual understanding, I like you. That's pretty much the only thing i have requirement wise i guess but I you know i i it's weird that uh people can look at other people and just decide they don't like them based on how they look or something like that right i feel incredibly similar that way actually i i make i, I say this a lot actually on the show it's like um politically right in the year 2016 things changed a bit um I always respected the hell out of like Republicans, right? I, I didn't care what side of the political spectrum you landed on. I would love to have a conversation with you because I want to learn more. I want to educate myself. And I want to understand. I feel the same way about Trump supporters. And I, I make a class, I make, the, there's a different, there's a difference between in my head being a conservative Republican and being a Trump supporter. And mm-hmm. although I will have the preconceived notion of you being said Trump supporter, I, I won't hold that against you. I'll give you the opportunity to have a conversation with me. It's once you prove to me that you can't have a mature conversation about it that I then like, I'm like, okay, well, you're not getting a call back. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to have this conversation ever again. But I, 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 I'm friends with plenty of Trump supporters. I, I, I don't ever have that preconceived notion. Like, just because you support someone politically, for whatever reason it is that I can't be your friend or be your cohort or be able to have a conversation with you. Um, that being said, I do, I do try and avoid that preconceived notion as often as possible because it sometimes is hard. I mean, like you watch something crazy happen on the news or read about it. And then five minutes later you meet someone and they're like, yeah, I love Donald Trump. And it's just like, wow, it's hard not to make this judgment, but I'm going to try my hardest not to. Yeah. And I think basically what we've circled around to here is people who are willing to change or at least listen to and understand the differing opinion are the people that are worth knowing you know like if you're just going to believe one thing because one person that you like said it and that's it like you that's it you're not you no longer on the hunt for truth or interested in discussion or changing your opinion or learning the other side 
I have no use for you, pretty much. That's that's what it is. But like, if uh, if you want to have a discussion with me, I would definitely, especially if we're on the opposite sides of something, I would love to learn from you. And yeah. uh, and and that's that's something that I think we both like. But um, it is it's weird because I, I having people come into work, they would just sit in the lobby area for a while and just try to talk to us and uh and i would engage with them most of the other people wouldn't but um i would talk to them and a lot of them were trump people being down here in the south and uh and especially before the election all i heard about was biden's gonna raise my taxes biden's gonna raise my taxes (laughs) well none of them had taken the time to read anywhere near what they needed to about it and i convinced about you know 25 people in the two weeks before the election that that was not the case because i asked them well you know this is kind of a personal question but do you make 400 grand a year or does anybody in your family they would be like no of course not and i'd be like okay then you're safe they'd be like what i'd be like yeah go read about it like you have to read about stuff you can't just listen to one source right and uh not only not only are you safe, but you might even pay less in taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. It's hilarious. It's it's wild. But no, it's 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 a really good point. And I'm I'm the same way, man. Like if I, I can't sit here and say I've been the hippy dippy liberal herm guy that I've been like these past few years my whole life. I was I was an incredible I was very much a Republican in high school. I thought very horrible things about uh politics and so especially social politics i was against gay marriage i have a gay sister like how am how 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 awful does that look right like i that was so low of me in my life and yet i then took the opportunity to really learn and understand how people feel emotionally and how how that thought can really affect someone's life and bring them down because I, i never wanted to hurt anybody ever and the fact that i was hurting people based on these opinions really really brought things to a context for me yeah and that's why you're a good person like if you're able to take a step back and contemplate and if you're doing thinking about something like that in your spare time like not just when the issue is presented to you then you are a good person and you care about your fellow human and you want to change based on that and like that you know i i (laughs) at one point in high school uh because we moved Indiana like my junior year I had a teacher who wanted to debate the south with me like full-on like the civil war and everything and I somehow was backed into this corner of defending the the confederacy oh geez (laughs) for like a week yeah for like a week I was backed into this corner defending the confederacy and uh and I was like I don't I don't really like this (laughs) I don't what is going on here like I, I didn't I never have the thing, like you said earlier, I just don't give a fuck, Herm. I've never allowed people to tell me how to think, act, or be. And I make my own decisions for myself. And therefore, like, I, I just, I wasn't a Republican. I wasn't against anything, really, as long as it wasn't, like, mining in the Grand Canyon, which I've been very against recently because, for whatever reason, yeah, somebody wants reason. to do it. But, um, I mean, basically, like, I was never against equal rights. I was never against like uh, gay marriage or anything, anything big like that. 
uh, the only true thing I can think of where like I had a weird go of it was that where I was somehow backed into this corner because I was from the South and I was the only Southerner there. And they were like, you, you Southerner explain the Confederacy and why. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, all right, damn it. I guess. Okay. I do like history so we can talk about this. And it just ended with me being like, wait a minute. Did I just, did I just defend the Confederacy? What? What? (laughs) So it was a, uh, that's like the only thing I can think of where, you know, I, I had a, a wrong viewpoint, or not even viewpoint, but just like a wrong, like politically incorrect thing that I've said. But um, basically, it's just like, I try to be as open as possible. I don't let people tell me how to think. I read about it. I read both sides, and I make my informed decision. You, you have to love it, man. I think that you are a well-rounded beauty. And I love having you on the show, but we, we are hitting our time limit, man. That was the quickest hour of my life. Um, before I let you go, though, plug plug the podcast, plug your social accounts, do anything you need to get over, and uh, we'll have to do this again soon, man. Yeah, it's been a joy, Herm. Maybe next time we'll actually get to that history. But um, I know. No, I, I do enjoy uh, podcasting, and I actually do have plans in the works for a history podcast, um, and then also just like a like kind of like modern marvels style podcast that I'll be doing so I can get you all that information as well. But for now it is just low to high podcast. Um, we have the cooler of the two logos because there's a kid who wants to also start one called low to high. Uh, but we are at low to high podcast on Instagram and at low to high pod on Twitter. Um, I am at John Sullivan 20 on Twitter and at John Sullivan 19 on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't I'm not looking to fight anybody over what was said here today. Uh, so please don't come at me or anything like that. Um, but with that being said, I will have a discussion with you. Uh, but um, basically, I just really appreciate you having me on. I always love podcasting. It's a good way to just kind of talk. And uh, and I really I like your podcast. I like the way it's structured. And I think it's a it's an enjoyable time. Parent. So thank you for letting me come on and just talk for a while into a microphone of course man thank you for coming on to the show and we'll talk soon all right stay grooving man what a fun interview that was with sully i i love that guy he he's funny he's charismatic and you know what i mean we recorded that almost three weeks ago now, and really not much has changed. Uh, the country is still in some kind of weird spiral downhill that we could have never anticipated. I guess we could have anticipated it. Uh, you know, there's so much stuff happening around the world, but, you know, it, it's interesting. Tomorrow tomorrow morning, Joe Biden gets inaugurated into office. Uh, it's untraditional, to say the least, uh, with my time that I've spent in politics. It's definitely one of the more eye-opening things. I was actually of the party, though, that thought that there shouldn't be any kind of inauguration other than what just happens inside the Senate chambers, where you do something very small, and it's a very small, closed group of people with locked doors, because, well, I just don't want to see anything bad happen tomorrow. With with everything that we saw with the Capitol, you know, I, I think we should put everyone's safety first and allow that to really, you know, be the 
be the Kickstarter to this new presidency, as I think a lot of us are very excited for. Others think that for some reason Joe Biden is a Satan worshiping uh, pedophile, which is something weird. I was reading about that QAnon group more the other night, and it's wild the way in which we can spread propaganda around this country and people actually believe it. And um, it's actually terrifying, to be completely honest with you, as I focused a lot of my studies throughout history on World War II and the way in which the Nazis were able to use propaganda to really brainwash a lot of their following. Um, there's too many similarities to not be a little bit concerned. So I've been really, really dealing with this this dilemma, right, of having a social platform out to the public where I would love to just talk about politics and the things that I'm thinking because that is what I studied in college. I do have a degree in it, but it, it, I don't think I am the right person to be doing that, right? I'm supposed to, I'm trying to always spread joy and happiness and, you know, put a smile on people's face during the day. And I don't think that necessarily does that. And Another, on top of this, and a completely unrelated note, and some will say it's political, I genuinely don't think it is. I think that it's just being a decent human being, right? Um, uh, Eric Anders Lang, one of these big golf people that I follow, he's a very, very well-spoken influencer in the golf community, has been for the last few days really, really uh, discussing and breaking down this situation that's going on with the PGA right now. And everybody who follows me knows that I love golfing, right? I love golfing. I almost go every day during the summer when I can. Um, it's one of, it's one of my favorite things to do, but one thing that I've never loved about golfing, and this, this often gets tied back to lacrosse community too, is the culture and stereotypes that come with it, right? It's a rich white person sport. Similar things have been said about lacrosse, but, uh, over the last weekend, uh, one of my favorite golfers and until then, and it really this left a sour taste in my mouth. You know, he he whispers a, a homophobic slur under his mouth, and it, it the mic catches it. The mic catches everything these days on the golf course, and his one of his sponsors, Polo Ralph Lauren, drops him. Uh, which I think is one of the best moves a company's done in a long time to really show that, uh, not lacrosse, but golf is evolving and people are able to, you know, take control, take control back from these people who are the almighty professional golfers, right? The people who see, who we view as having all the power. I think oftentimes the same thing happens in the lacrosse community. We view a handful of people in this community as having all the power and all of the say. Um, but, I I genuinely don't think that this is a political issue, and this is an issue with many sports and many cultures uh, throughout America where we allow things like whispering that word under their breath to just kind of slip around, and you, you see it on the golf course, you see it, and do, but I think that the one difference is that some people will say something about it. I'm one for sure. I have a gay sister who I love with all of my heart. And I really, really feel for the, the the stigmas that they're put into each and every day. So when a golfer comes out and says something like that on live television and after a five foot putt that he misses, it, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and makes you question, well, one, why hasn't the PGA come out and find him or said anything or made any kind of remark? Um, still being controlled by this higher power that seems to be kind of elitist. 
And two, why why is it acceptable in the year 2021 to still murmur homophobic slurs under your uh, you know breath? It's it's not a political thing, people. It's it's a being a decent human being type thing, you know. Um, the fact that we had ever made these types of things normal and normalize you is as minimal as it seems to do so. It's not normal. It's it's very hurtful to the people who are affected by your homophobia. Okay, I guess it is not full blown homophobia. You're not out here saying you know crazy things, but you're still willing to put yourself into that category by whispering these slurs. So it's been on my mind. I I really I really love golf, but you know I just hope that we can start to push forward, not just as a community, but as a nation of people who don't need to use homophobic slurs to, you know, degrade themselves because they miss a five foot putt or degrade someone because of who they love and what they love. You know, it's, it's, it's really depressing and sad. So I know, I know that this little talk after the episode wasn't exactly the most peppiest, but uh, I guess it, it's only fitting for the times that we're in right now. I mean, you log on Twitter, you log on Facebook, you log on Instagram any day. And most of the stuff that you see anymore is it's kind of it's kind of heavy. You know, it's it's not the easiest stuff to read through, but it's important to have a basic understanding of what's happening in the world that surrounds you and how it's going to affect you. So tomorrow, Joe Biden becomes president. We start a new presidency. Hopefully we're able to reach across the aisle and start start actually working together and um you know, someone is able to put a stop to this kind of wild right wing, whatever you want to call it, storming the Capitol type stuff. But I hope I really hope it happens because I would love to come back next Tuesday and talk about something incredibly positive, like a beautiful inauguration with a ton of beautiful things happening in Joe Biden's first what five days in office. Um, I guess he already has a lot lined up, so it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that. On another high note, I've started my weight loss journey and we're doing well. We're down 11 pounds, so a little hats off to myself right there. And uh, you know what? We're heading into 2021. Let's make the most of it and uh, let's have some. Uh, let's have a beautiful week. So, without that, with that, I will sign off now. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are interested in coming on anybody and everybody podcast, make sure to check out the Survey Monkey on my Twitter where you can sign up. I will shoot you an email and we'll get you right on the show. So until next week, thank you guys so much for listening and stay grooving. 